0: Otherwise known as the Sansa Traveler, I'm here to bring you the latest in active adventure, culinary, and wellness travel. As a travel advisor, writer, blogger, and photographer, I'm glad you're here. Hey, everyone! This is Janice Sakata Schultz, certified travel advisor for cruise planners. Um, I'm also a travel writer, blogger, and photographer with the Sansei Traveler, and you are listening to the Sansei Traveler podcast. This is episode eight, and I'll be talking about active adventure travel, which is one of my specialties. Um, I'll also be talking about culinary and wellness travel in future episodes, but I thought I would start with this one. Um, It's probably nearest and dearest to my heart, even though I have to say um, I have only really been on one active adventure vacation. Um, And that was uh, biking through Tuscany. And that was about seven years ago with my husband Um, and uh, it was a self-guided bike tour with charns Tours, um, which is, I think, um, one of the best ways to go when you are visiting Italy, and if you're not afraid to kind of go strike it out on your own, as we did, um, although we did have um, guided maps to tell us where to go. So, (laughs) But um, I love active adventure travel um, and uh, would love to do more of it. Um, I actually am going to talk about two, two companies here. Uh, So this episode probably won't be very long, um, probably about 20 minutes max. So um, and just just to let you know, so because most of my episodes um, have been running about 30 minutes. And so uh, this one will be a short one today. And uh, I will give you a little bit of news at the end and then preview the next episode, uh, which will be episode nine. So anyways, um, so active adventure travel. Um, is, uh, well, adventure travel is one of the fastest growing niches in travel right now. Um, It's just what a lot of people want to do. They want to stay active. Uh, They want to be immersed in the culture of their destination and not be separated from it. So for instance, when you are in France, um, you don't want to uh, just go to an American uh, hotel. I mean, or American, uh, based hotel. Um, you would like to stay, probably stay in a place that has a little bit more local flavor to it. Um, that would probably be more of like an inn or a bed and breakfast or um something where you know you get the feel for living as a uh, as a native of France rather than being in a sterile American hotel room as you would in any uh, hotel in the United States. Um, you would love to probably go explore uh, a village and uh, eat the local food, even if it means eating escargot or something that, you know, you maybe normally would not eat. Um, That's all part of adventure travel. Active adventure travel is actually um, kind of adding that physical uh, fitness, I mean, physical activity element to it, where you are biking or hiking or trekking, um, kayaking, uh, row, going on a rowboat, doing zip lining. Um, um, you know, even uh you could even throw in uh I would say, uh I'm just trying to think of something um you know, something even more extreme like rock climbing or something like that, or even in some cases base jumping, which you know, is when people jump off a cliff and then they um, have a parachute or like a flying squirrel outfit, and then they um, fly to the bottom. So hopefully it doesn't get that extreme. And that doesn't mean, you know, that's all of what um, active adventure travel represents. Um, So it can actually be just something where you are just biking for maybe a couple miles a day. And then um, a van comes and picks you up. And takes you to the next destination, or you just take the van to the next destination. You don't have to necessarily ride your bike. I mean, if you are, you know, tired or sore, um, you know, people understand that and they'll have, um, an alternative means for you to get to where you need to go. But, um, yeah, so it's, it's just becoming more popular because I think a lot of people love to stay active during their travels. Um, you know, I'm not going to knock people who go on travel, uh, go on tours uh, that are just on a bike. I mean, I'm sorry, on a, on a bus and uh, just touring around in the bus. And um, really the only physical activity you would get is walking, you know, through a museum or in a church or around town. Um, I think there is a time and a place for those. Um, and I've done things that are like that and I'm perfectly happy fine, you know, as I did in Japan, where um, I did a lot of walking around, and I think I got, you know, plenty of exercise and plenty of activity. But it was not an active adventure vacation. So um, I think uh, when you can have something specifically developed for that purpose, then um, I just think that enhances your vacation. And yeah, active adventure vacations are aren't quite for everybody. But I think there is a wide range of offerings out there that you can um, find what you want that is suited to your uh, physical activity level, your comfort level, um, where you want to go, what you want to do, um, what you want to eat, how you want to stay. So so let me tell you the difference between uh, soft adventure trips and the hard adventure trips. Now soft adventure involves um, fairly low key activities, although some people wouldn't call them low key. Um, that's biking, hiking, walking, you know, kayaking. Um, that's uh, kind of where my expertise and my preference would be uh, with those soft adventure trips. And I don't even really like that term. Soft adventure makes it sound like, oh, this is for wimps. It's not for wimps. It's just a way to kind of distinguish it from what's called the hard adventure trips. And those are called those are the ones that involve, you know, more intense activity, like the rock climbing, like uh, the expeditions that go up Mount Kilimanjaro to the to the base camp of of, of, uh, Mount Everest, (laughs) Um, multi day hiking trips or camping trips, Uh, ones where you kind of have to kind of rough it a bit. So and, and, you know, put in um, and, and have a, a certain level of expertise as far as um, having that activity. So, um, so that's what hard adventure is. And so I, I think that most people would obviously go for the soft adventure as I would. So um, and uh, it can be adapted for anybody, basically. So, um, so if you like being active on a trip, um, try going on one of those soft adventures um, when and ones that allow you to take you know days off or have a modified schedule um, as needed um, because uh, that's that's the great thing about a lot of these um, active adventure trips is that they do have flexibility built in and and options where you can um, rest for the day or and and you know take the van or take the bus that will take you to the next uh, town that you're going to stay so So, two companies that I love. I have not yet gone on their trips yet, (laughs) but I plan to probably within the next two, three years, I would think. And um, then I can uh, report back to you with more certainty and more authority on them. Um, This is a company that my sister has actually been on, I think, at least a few dozen times. I think she's almost been. Uh, gone, she's almost gone on about like two dozen, at least two dozen trips with them. And they're back roads. Um, They started in 1977 in Berkeley, California by a man named Tom Hale. And so they've been doing this for quite a while. I mean, obviously now 43 years, and they've just grown more popular, um, have offered more trips, and, um, and have now partnered with uh, cruise lines, and um, have just really expanded their repertoire as far as trips go. Um, so on these trips, you can do cycling, hiking, cycling, (laughs) hiking, walking, um, other activities, and you can do a combination of all of the above, which are called multi-sport trips. Um, They have luxury and casual accommodations, and in some cases, um, uh, camping, which I would almost call glamping. I mean, it's you know, um, it's they take very very good care of you. I'm actually you know going by what my sister has told me, and I don't think my sister has actually gone on one of the camping trips because I don't think she really likes camping that much. <laughs> but she definitely has done um, the luxury and casual accommodations, and even the casual accommodations are quite nice. So I don't think that um, when you go with backroads, you'll feel like um, you're uh, you'll be skimping out on the accommodations you definitely won't be skimping out on the on the food either. They're known for their gourmet quality meals um, that immerse uh, guests into the local culture. So like if you're in Italy, you're going to be going to um, a home where you're going to experience a home cooked meal or something similar to that. Um, You may even get to learn uh, some cooking yourself too. And, um, and, uh, you know, take that, uh, take those, take that skill and those Recipes home with you, so um, so they go to six continents everywhere except Australia. And I think when I talked with their BDM, he basically said that Australia is just really hard to plan um, any kind of trip uh, that would involve biking and hiking, and that's probably because of just the geography of Australia. I would imagine they're just great expanses of wilderness that would ha- be hard to, um, you know, uh, to, to navigate on on a bike or a hike, a biking or hiking trip. So they don't go to Australia, but they do go to New Zealand. And they also go to the our Antarctic Peninsula with, uh, with uh, Ponan. And I'll be talking about that right now. Um, so yeah, now they've branched out into Um, cruising with their active adventure uh, itineraries, Um, with Ponant, which is their uh, ocean uh, cruise partner, and Alma Waterways, which is their river cruise partner. And of course, with both of them, uh, you're going to have the cruise experience, but also um, once you're on land, uh, you know, definitely have that, um, you know, hiking or biking um, activity that uh, Backroads is known for. And now Backroads also has something called Dolce Tempo, which are slower paced trips, and uh, meant for people who don't think they can do an active adventure trip, or people who just kind of want to take it easy, you know, they don't want to do the, you know, 10, 15, 20, 30 miles of biking, or the 10 miles, 5, 10 miles of hiking, Um, they will modify the trips in such a way that you're only doing, you know, part of that amount, and uh, not going at as, at, you know, such a fast pace. So um, that's what Dolce Tempo means, I think it means slower pace or slower time. So anyways, so that's back roads. And G Adventures is the second um, company that I love to talk about with Active Adventure. Now, they don't specifically do um, activity. They don't don't have activity as part of every trip that they do. But they are definitely considered, um, I think, uh, a really good adventure company to consider. They do have uh, nine different kinds of travel styles. And one of them happens to be active, where it's very much like backroads. But I would say that G Adventures is kind of more um, for—I don't want to say budget, but for just someone who is uh, it, it wants to not spend as much um, on a trip, but is still going to get a really great quality uh, guided experience. So um, they go pretty much everywhere. To all seven continents, including Australia. <laughs> so that's one thing that's different from them from backroads. Um, as I said, they have nine different travel styles. Uh, the classic tours, which are, uh, the normal small group tours that would uh, go to a destination, um, stay in local hotels, local, um, I would say local inns, uh, independently owned, locally owned inns um, that aren't necessarily luxurious, but they're definitely uh, clean and comfortable and uh, very much, uh, you know, uh, part of the, the local, it would definitely be helping the local economy with them. So and um and would be just fine i mean that's probably you know this would probably be more my style and uh, uh for travel so um so that's the classic tours um National Geographic Journeys, which is kind of their higher-end product, but still not, you know, super luxurious. But of course, it does have that National Geographic label and that association and that cachet. So um, so you know with them that you are going to have a uh, trip or a, a vacation and tour with high standards that, you know, meets up to the National Geographic name. Uh, the 18 to 20 somethings tour, which, you know, pretty much says it all. You're going to be with younger um, adults who, um, you know, you'll probably rough it a little bit more and probably, you know, do more things that are um, more geared to young adults. And so uh, obviously not in my category, but it's their <laughs> um, wellness tours, which include uh, meditation and yoga and wellness practices or wellness emphasis the active tours uh, that I mentioned before, they also have rail tours, marine tours, which are uh, ones that would involve uh, getting on a boat, basically, um, not not a huge cruise ship. I mean, these would be smaller expedition type boats or uh, smaller passenger boats. Uh, local living tours where you are, again, immersed in the local culture and uh, are given the opportunity to live like a local And family tours, which pretty much says it all. I mean that they're very much geared to uh, families and probably multi-gen, multi-generation travel. So again, as I said, they are definitely more budget conscious for the more budget conscious traveler. Although the NG tours definitely have a more luxury element to them. Uh, Their active tours, as I said, are very much like back roads. Um, and do have that active component baked into their itineraries. And what's great about uh, G Adventures is that they will go with any number of booked travelers. I mean, if it's just two of you, they'll still go. I mean, there are a lot of uh, travel companies out there that do not, um, you know, will, will cancel tours or cancel itineraries um, because they don't have enough um, travelers going. And so um, I I found that out with, I think it was Trafalgar Tours, um, worked with uh, this lady who wanted to take her mom to Ireland and Scotland. And they, uh, because there weren't enough, um, they didn't meet the minimum uh, number. Uh, that tour was canceled. So they had to move to another and it was kind of a big mess, but it, it all worked out in the end. So, but G Adventures won't do that. And I think uh, that's another reason why I love them. Um, I think that even, you know, it's, it's great if you can go with uh, people on a tour and, um, and uh, develop friendships and, and uh, develop that camaraderie. But um, hey, you know, if you want to go to a certain destination, and there aren't enough people, I don't think you should be penalized for that. So, so that's, yeah, a great thing about them. Um, so yeah, if you want to ask me more about either, uh, those two companies, Backroads or G Adventures, give me a call at 303-209-3028 or email me at that j that's J-A-N-I-C-E-S-C-H-U-L-T-Z-E at cruiseplanners, all one word, dot com. So um, I appreciate uh, hearing from you. And uh, let me just get into some local or some travel news right now. So um, actually, right now, as I'm getting into that, uh, I would like to just let you know um, that it is snowing here in Denver. Um, It is September 9th. And I'm wondering, you know, why the heck it is (laughs) snowing. snowing like this um this is the earliest i've ever seen snow um it's probably i think it's going to be sunny 70 about mid 70s tomorrow and sunny so a lot of the snow is probably going to be gone by the weekend but um of course it helps us out here because we definitely uh we have uh Uh, wildfires, and uh, they've been hard to contain. And I think this is definitely going to help that. Okay, so here's some of the travel news that is out there today. Uh, The Bahamas is moving closer to full reopening of tourism, um, which basically means that they're, I mean, they've gone back and forth. It's been open, then they closed again, then they slightly opened, and now they're in what's called um, uh, the phase three of uh, tourism readiness and recovery plan. And what this means is that most of the beaches and hotels on all the islands uh, will open. Uh, Hotel guests will be subject to a 14-day vacation in place policy under which they will have access to amenities including hotel spas, gyms, and bars and uh the attractions excursions and tours will start on november 1st so i guess this will be um starting the uh phase three of the bahamas will be starting on october 15th and the uh, other things the attractions excursions and tours will be on november 1st so it's yeah (laughs) we'll see what happens i don't know and um yeah i guess um once the safe completion of the phase three will lead to recommendations from the uh, tourism and aviation ministry and the ministry of health, um, before they can, of course, you know, then talk, move on to phase four, which would include the reopening of vendors, select attractions, casinos, cruises, and ferries. So cruises are not going to quite happen yet. Um, going to the Bahamas, even if cruising should open up, which of course we still don't know if that's going to happen or at all yet. Um, So another thing is, is beaches um, are beginning to reopen um, in Cancun and other uh, destinations on the Yucatan. I actually have some cruise planners, uh, travel agent friends who are down in Cancun right now. I would have been there myself. um, But they decided not to uh, hold the training and uh, but they still just uh, encouraged uh, those people who did book uh, at the hotel and uh, booked uh, the pre and post. Uh, tour events, basically, or what we're we're called fam trips. Um, A lot of them are down there right now. And I hope you guys are all having fun and definitely not freezing like I am right now. (laughs) But uh, the state of Quintana Roo, which is, of course, encompasses a lot of the Yucatan, um, it started its gradual opening reopening process for beaches with new health and safety protocols in place. Um, that, uh, let's see, approved beaches began reopening to the general public uh, this past Monday, but tourists with pre-existing conditions are being advised to avoid public gatherings. And so um You know, what that means, I mean, Cancun has kind of been open for for quite a while, but now they're um, now going to be opening other beaches in that area, which include the Tulum area, Cozumel, Puerto Morelos, um, you know, Isla Mujeres, and um, tourists um, and locals visiting the public spaces will no longer be permitted to bring food or alcohol. So I think... As fun as, you know, it would be to have those things, obviously, it's a good idea probably to not have them for for the time being. So, and uh, I just want to say again that I think um, with the, um, you know, with the way um, Labor Day went this past weekend, a lot of people at the beaches uh, just crowded didn't wear masks, didn't distance. And I'm just when I hear that sort of thing, I'm just I get very upset, I get sad. And I think we're never going to get rid of this COVID. And um, it's just going to just keep slowing us down as far as you know, trying to contain. So again, I want to just say, I mean, I don't want to be political. I don't think it should be political. But please distance, please wash your hands, and please wear your masks. Um, stay at home, If at all possible, I know I would love to travel. Everyone I know would love to travel. Everyone I know would love to just freely go somewhere. But um, I just, you know, want to see this COVID um, epidemic or pandemic uh, come to an end. All of us do. So please do your part. And that's all I'm going to say about it. So. All right. Well, that's uh, today's end of the Sansei Traveler podcast. And I will now uh, let you know that uh, the next episode, which will be episode nine, is will be about Seattle. Um, we were supposed to go to Seattle, my daughters and I, um, last weekend. And that didn't happen. Um, we had to, we had uh, some uh, health concerns in the family. So we decided to cancel our trip. Luckily, everything was cancelable. And, um, you know, I didn't have to pay any penalties for any of it. And so, but my, my hope was to visit Seattle and then just tell you more about uh, some of the things that uh, I can share with you some of the my favorite places to go and places to eat just kind of like I did with uh, Chicago and San Francisco. Um, I've been to Seattle quite a bit in the last I would say eight nine years um, uh, since uh, we visited uh, my husband's uh, sister my sister-in-law who lives east of Seattle and um, and since one of my daughters, um, you know, did get accepted to two schools out in Washington State. Uh, yeah, we've, we've been visiting Seattle quite a bit. I love the place. And um, I just think that if it didn't, uh, if the weather probably wasn't so rainy, um, I think we would probably think about living there. Oh, and it's kind of expensive, too. <laughs> but we'd think about living there. But uh, my husband doesn't like rain. So I don't mind rain, but I don't know if I could live in, in rain or overcast weather like it gets out there, but I do love the city. And so that's what I'll be sharing with you next week. So until then, uh, take care, stay safe, be well, and, uh, and happy travels. Thanks. Well, that's it for today. Thanks for listening to the Sunset